0: He created the stars. He created the mountains. He created the seas. And he, the creator of the universe, created me. Welcome to Life Church. I'm Aaron Cole, the new senior pastor. It's been a few weeks. Man, it is great to see you today, but your first time. I've been gone for a couple weeks. I've been, I'm trying to think now, uh, four different countries and uh, and a couple of great Wisconsin lakes. You got to get those Wisconsin lakes, amen? No? I'm telling you, I grew up in the dirty South. And, uh, and the, all the lakes are muddy and mud-bottom. Here are those sand-bottom lakes where you can see like 17, 18 feet deep. Sometimes you don't want to see those huge sturgeon. But, but, but you know, it's a little scary, but, but they're just great. So I hope you've gotten out and you're getting out and all of that. And so it's been good to be out with my family. And, uh, man, while I've been gone, you've been in great hands. This is all very intentional. Uh, and to give you an opportunity to hear from other pastors that are on staff uh, that have a gift of communication and a calling to that and so uh, you heard Ryan Coggins, our executive pastor, you heard Jeff Lister, one of the new team members, you heard Dustin Johnston who is just up here uh, who is uh, the new director of Life Leadership College and um, very academically accomplished. He won't tell you this but he's enrolled in a PhD program in theology at Regent University and just and probably has forgotten more than I will remember and, uh, and then last weekend, our newest staff member uh, from the good old state of Arkansas, uh, Steve and Shannon Borland, and their two daughters. They have four, but two are, are out of the house, praise God, and two are still home. And so they're here, and Steve did an amazing job. And, and so anyhow, just we have a great, great, great staff. And would you guys give our staff just an awesome hand? Just a great staff. And so... And speaking of great staffs, Appleton Campus, we welcome you, and Cassie uh, Voison is there. And listen, guys at the Appleton Campus, you have my permission to put those reclining uh, theater seats in the recline mode, uh, and ladies, just let them do that. If they fall asleep, just send me their names, and I'll be sure to take care of that. But uh, a great, 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 great uh uh, church and campus that we have at Appleton, and it's just God's just doing some great things. So again, I hope that your summer has been great. Uh, I, it's been awesome for me, uh, and I, I miss you when I'm gone. Uh, I need that break uh, to creatively um, uh, process information I learned a long time ago, not just I need it, but you need it. Uh, I've been pastoring here for uh, I'll be 14 years this fall. And, um, and, and the thing is, is when I was a youth pastor, Tammy and I would youth pastor kids. And we did that for almost a decade. And, and, and uh, I would preach my guts out on a subject over and over and over and over and over. And then... When, when I would take them to camp on the first night of camp, the guest speaker that they did not even know from Adam would simply get up and preach the same message I had been preaching. And I thought I preached it better than he did. But they preached it, and, and then they would get it, and I'll go to the altar and respond. And I'm like, what's the deal? And I learned a long time ago, it's, it's what I call a fresh voice Uh, If we're not careful, it doesn't matter who you are or, or how good you are at what you do. You just need a fresh voice to speak into that. And so if not, your voice becomes like Charlie Brown's teacher. It's just wah, 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 wah. And so you need that so that you're able to hear what God's saying to you in your life. We need that as a body of believers so that God's able to communicate to us. We believe he does that through the preaching of his word, and, uh, and then I need that so that as I'm leading the church where God is calling us to go, that we're all kind of going together and doing that together. So, anyhow, great, great, great time. Uh, if you have your Bible, turn with me to Ephesians chapter six. I'm going to look at verses five through nine, it's five verses, but if anybody can take five verses and talk on it for a very long time, it's me. So, I'm going to try to be cognizant of that. Um, and today, I want to talk to you for the next few minutes in this series about the power of what you do Monday through Friday. It doesn't matter whether you're a stay-at-home parent, whether you work at a factory, whether you work multiple jobs, whether you're a waiter or a waitress at a restaurant, whether you work in, an, uh, in a corporate office complex, whether you own your own business, whether you're a white-collar, blue-collar, no-collar, it doesn't matter. What you do Monday through Friday, according to Scripture and what Paul talks about here to the church in Ephesus, what I'm going to speak on today, matters for eternity. Not, and I'm not talking about you going and getting a job and then taking, and you're going to somebody saying, he's going to talk about tithing right now. We go, we get a paycheck, now we give 10% back to God. No, 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 no. You should do that. Yes, 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 yes. But, but, but beyond that, it's, no, it's not about that. It's about what you are doing when you go to your job on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday or Friday or Saturday or Sunday, your work has eternal consequences as a Christ follower. Your work will be rewarded and judged as a Christ follower. So Monday through Friday matters. I, I, didn't, grow up in a, I didn't grow up in a pastor's home. I, I grew up, my dad, a uh, blue-collar factory worker. And... Um, my dad was not really excited about me wanting to be a preacher because his idea of preachers is that they were lazy uh, and that they were all about themselves. They were the last person to pick up a check at a restaurant. Uh, I know some of you have never thought that before. Uh, they are they're just they're they're just it's just kind of an easy job and 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 he wanted his boys to to do something with their life. Well, I was called to do what I'm doing. I, if I could do what I wanted to do, I would have gone into business, and I would have just been what you are. And that is just uh, I'd raise my family in church. I'd love Jesus. I'd support the pastor. I'd support the church. I'd get involved in the ministry. I'd serve wherever you need me to. That's, it, that's my idea. God's idea along the way was that I was going to go into vocational ministry and, and a pastor. Even when I went to Bible college, I didn't want a pastor. This was not my, I just, this was not what I was like, hey, I'm really giddy about this. This was a calling. Now, I don't want you to feel bad about that. I love you. I love doing what I do. I, I really do. It's, it's, but I'm saying God's given me a grace to do this. But I wasn't raised in a long series of ministers. Uh, I wasn't raised in, 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 a long, in a long succession of this is just how things were done. I was raised in a blue-collar, working-class family. Uh, the first person in my family to go to college. Um, both grandfathers were functionally illiterate. I didn't realize why when I would give them a birthday card or a Christmas card, they would have me read it to them. I thought they just wanted to hear my voice. Later, later I realized they couldn't read. And uh, I come from a very humble background. And my dad said, if you're going to do this preacher gig, you, you need to understand a couple things. Don't ever forget how a working man works and lives his life. Don't ever forget that you can preach all night long if you want to, but those people have to get up and go to work tomorrow morning. Whatever you ask somebody to do, whether you ask them to give in the offering or whether you ask them to make a sacrifice of their time or their talent or their treasure, you better be the first in line. You better never go out with someone that you don't pick up the check and don't ever ask for a minister's discount. You love people, you serve people, and you clear your throat before 9 o'clock in the morning. And you get up and you work as unto the Lord. Little did I realize that what my dad was telling me was actually the theology that Paul, we're going to talk about today, was teaching the church of Ephesus. That work matters. That what I do Monday through Friday matters. Not just me as a pastor, but you as a factory worker, or you as, a, as an office worker, or you as a stay-at-home parent. That's a job. Amen? Some of you that are doing that. Amen? And, and for some of you who are my heroes, single parents, wow, I'm telling you, If there's anybody in this room, if there's anybody that I just sit in awe of, it's single moms and dads that have to go out, work, raise their kids, and do all of that. God, I pray for you on a regular basis. It matters. It matters. Not for the paycheck. It matters in an eternal consequence. See, it's easy for us to kind of divide our lives into Monday through Friday, our work lives, and then Sunday. It's easy for us to go, well, that's just, that's spiritual stuff, and this is non-spiritual stuff. No, everything in the life of a Christ follower is spiritual. Everything is. Your family is a spiritual activity and action. And so when you take vacation, that's worship is unto the Lord. Why? Because before sin ever entered the world, according to Genesis, God instituted the family. It's important, it's valuable, longer than the church, it's the family. And so when you were taking your wife on a date, and you should do that regularly, man, and all the ladies said, oh yeah, don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. (laughs) It's unto the Lord. As you're raising your kids, it's unto the Lord. When you're serving your family, it's unto the Lord. But guess what? So is your work. Before sin entered the world, when God created Adam and Eve, he gave them job descriptions. He gave them work. He gave them a reason to get up in the morning. They were to have dominion over this planet. They were to subdue every wild beast that, that, that roamed along the, the, the fields of, of this planet, that soared in the, in the skies, or, or that swam in the seas. That was the job. That was the vocation. That was the calling. Well, then you go, well, if work is so holy and pure, then why is it so tough? Because part of the fall of man, part of sin entering into the world, is that you will work by the sweat of your brow. It will now become a toil. It will now become a labor. It will now become a tension. But so is everything else. So it's easy to kind of go, well, that's just Sunday morning talk. No, this is about every day of my life 24 7 how I live my life Matters Not just how I live my life for Christ, but the work that I do, the quality of the work that I do, the workmanship as I'm, as I'm working at a, at, at a tool and die maker, the, the work that I'm doing as I'm building an automobile, the work that I'm doing as I'm putting together uh, uh, proposals for clients, the work that I'm doing as I'm, as I'm collating papers a, and I'm working in an office, the work that I'm doing as a paralegal to do work that someone else is going to get credit for, the work that I do as I build a business, all of those things are spiritual. Not only are they spiritual, you'll stand before God and give an account for how you did your job waiting tables at Ruby Tuesdays. Whoa, I didn't read that. Well, let's look at it. Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 5. Bond servants, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and with trembling, in the sincerity of heart as to Christ. Verse 6, not with eye service, as men's pleasures, but as bond service as Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. Verse 7, and goodwill doing, doing service as to the Lord, not to men, knowing that whatever anyone does, whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord, whether he is a slave or he is free. And you masters do the same things to them. Giving up, threatening, knowing that your own master... Is also is in heaven, and that there is no partiality or favor with him. You read that, and you kind of skip over it because you think it's talking about slaves and masters. We 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 try to we think of you know this is like some some you know uh, uh, a master uh, 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 slave trading um, people that are in shackles and that are bound. And in the first century, that was part of a reality, but a bondservant was more like an indentured servant. They were someone that had owed and they had to work. And and I could spend a lot of time explaining all of this, but it basically boils down to, let me just equivalent what what he's saying here. A bondservant was a worker. That's the equivalency. It's not the direct translation from the Greek, but it's what it would equivalent in the 21st century. It's a worker. There's someone that's working. They're getting up and they're doing a job. They're working for someone. And the master is basically the boss. This is the person that's in control, this is the person that's leading. And yes, there were slaves and masters like we think of slaves and masters and, and chains and, and not being paid. But, but these bond servants were actually receiving a, a, a form of payment uh, for un, that they owed to this master. And so they were working to pay off their tab, if you would. They were working to pay. They, they owed them something. So they were free people that had indentured themselves in order to be able to get the freedom or to get whatever that they needed that the master had. There was an exchange is what I'm trying to say. So if you read that and understand that a bondservant is a worker and a master is a boss, all of a sudden it changes the narrative. Not because it's not saying that, it's because we're reading a 2,000-year-old text which has has applicability into a 21st century society. We just have to understand the terms. So workers, be obedient to those who are your bosses according to the flesh, with the fear and the trembling and sincerity as to Christ, not with eye service as men-pleasers, but as workers of Christ." Doing the will of God from your heart. And with goodwill doing services unto the Lord, not unto men. Knowing that whatever good anyone does, he'll receive the same from the Lord. Whether he is a worker or he is a boss. And you bosses do the same things to them, to the workers. Give up threatening, knowing that your own master, another translation would be Lord. I'm going to get to that in a minute. Is in heaven. He's speaking of God the Father. And that there is no partiality with him. He tells us here how we're to work or the vocation of our life as a Christ follower. First of all is that we're to keep authority right in our life. Keep your authority right. Everybody answers to somebody. Everybody. A kid answers to a parent. A player answers to a coach. A student answers to a teacher. A worker answers to a boss. A boss answers to a board of directors. Everybody answers to somebody. You used to think, man, well, if you owned it, then you don't answer to anybody. frère, you answer to a lot of people. You answer to the bank in which you've gotten loans from. You, you, you answer to, to, to your employees. You answer. And when, the more you understand leadership, you understand that leadership really is there is more freedom, but there's more responsibility, and you're responsible to the people that we, in which you are leading. Understand authority. This is a hard concept for us in the 21st century because we have authority issues. You don't think we don't have authority issues? Just turn on the news. And this isn't a black people problem or a white people problem or a polka dot of people problem. This is a us problem. This is an our entitlement problem. This is everybody got a participation award and Johnny and Sally should all be, everything should be perfect. This is we have authority issues. Because mama goes and runs interference at the school and daddy goes and talks to the coach. And we know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody. Instead of just saying, no, <laughs> we're people of authority, but we're people under authority. That's a powerful position. And so the reality is we live in a world that doesn't really value authority, that really doesn't value the laws of the land, that we want to try to escape through that and navigate through that and do that. And, and the reality is is that as a Christ follower, we are to respect those who are in authority. Amen. I'm preaching way better than you're shouting. In a couple months, we're going to elect somebody new to the White House. You may not like who's elected. But the Word of God says that no one gets to a position such as that without God allowing it to happen. That promotion does not come from the East or from the West, but from heaven above. They're the president. We respect the president. Because they're in an authority position over us in, in, which, in the land in which we live. Does that mean you have to always agree? No. You don't have to check your brains out. Does that mean that you can't ask or push back? No, you can do that in a respectful manner. But that you respect that authority, that you understand the authority. And not to blindly be led, but to understand the authority. And for those who are in authority, you need to understand that to you, to whom much is given, much is required. That you're not there for your own sake. You are there to lead other people. That you have a responsibility to the people in which you serve. Second thing is I've got to keep my actions right. I'm talking about work. I'm talking about whether you're on a factory line and you've got to produce 60 widgets an hour. You better make the best 60 widgets you possibly can make every single hour of the day. You're billing billing clients. You better make sure that your billing is integral to those people in whom you are serving. Why? Because it's not that man that you're pleasing according to this text. It's God that you're pleasing. It's not man who's ultimately going to judge your work Monday through Friday. It's going to be the Lord. Now, if you're not a Christian, today, if you're not a Christian, it's a great day to be in church and not be a Christian today. Because I'm not even talking to you. You can just sit back and go, I'm off the hook on this one. You're going to hell, but, I mean, it's a different story, right? (laughs) And it's just true, right? So, but, the, but the reality is, is if, you're not a, if you're not a Christ follower, because here's what we do. We go, everybody else in my plant, everybody else at my office, everybody else in the business, this is just normative. So why don't you just take a pair of scissors to your Bible and just cut this out? Because if you're going to check out as you walk out the door and just go, this doesn't apply to me, This is all about this. This is nothing about church service. This is nothing about going on a mission trip. This is nothing about serving in the ministry, being a life group. This is not about going to life track. This is about your job. You work in accounting, make sure your numbers are right to the very best of your ability. Do your job the right way. You know, you've always, all of us have gone into businesses where we we meet a sales clerk behind the desk who doesn't own the place. And they don't really care whether you buy something or you don't buy something, or you stay or you don't stay. Because what? They're just, they're there getting their minimum, right? They're trading days for dollars. You ever been to a place that's a small business and it's the owner? Totally different situation. Unless it's a soup Nazi at, at Jerry Seinfeld, right? So that's a whole different thing. They care. Why? Because they understand the responsibility that they've got to pay rent on the lease and 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 that they've got to pay the the service uh, for for the products that they're selling. And they've got to make payroll for the people and the insurances and the taxes. And they're the people that are there on Saturday when the business is closed. Some of you, that's what you do. You understand that. The the, the thing is, is is that we need to be people, whether we own the business or we're being paid hourly, that we work that business, that we serve that business, that we do it in such a way that people can't tell. We should be people that show up early and go home late, not because we're always paid, but because that's the right thing to do, that we should be those kinds of people. And if we were those kinds of people, I will tell you this, employers would stand in line to be able to hire Christians. But that's not always the case. And if you're working a job and I'm all about telling people about Jesus, don't do it on company time. That's not what they're there paying you to do. Do your job. Do it with excellence. Do it as unto the Lord. Why? Because God will judge and reward you based on what you do Monday through Friday as a Christ follower. Because it's a witness. Because everything is spiritual. Well, is, let's talk about unions for a minute, shall we? Let's go there. Somebody went, oh, my goodness, he don't go there. That's political. Does he know he's in Milwaukee and Wisconsin? Look, my dad was an arbitrator for the United Auto Workers. I, I, I used to cut the union grass every week at the local UAW. I've been around this my whole life. And I've met every politician that came through town, uh, and, and, and typically Democratic because, because the Democrats were the ones that were pretty much aligned with the unions and have been. And I mean, I met Bill and Hillary Clinton when I was a kid. I mean, I grew up in Arkansas. I, I, I get this whole gig. This is not about a union or non union. This is not about a political party or not a political party. This is not about any of this. This is about, as a follower of Jesus Christ, I am not working for a company or for a man or for a woman. I'm working as unto the Lord. And God views my work, my vocation, my job as worship as unto Him. So, as much as it depends upon me, I'm going to be there. when I To be there, if you need me early, I'll be there early. You need me to be late, I'll be there late. You need me to do what I need to do. I'm going to do what what you need me to do within a certain amount, as long as it's not immoral, illegal, or sinful. Because I'm not doing it for you. I'm doing it for him. And when you work life that way, it takes the politics out of it. When you live life that way, it takes the stress out of it. Trust me. There's about 3,000 people that call Life Church home. And people every week, there's an, I'm not selling a widget. I don't have anything to sell. I don't have a product. You come. Have you ever thought about how church works? You come whether you want to come or you don't want to come. I'm amazed every week people are here. Wow, they came back. <laughs> and then I'm going to tell you how you need to get your jacked up self right. Who wants to sit and listen to that every week? And then on top of it, I'm going to ask you to give. And sometimes twice. Have you ever thought about how insane that is? We call that church. If I was worried about you and what you thought, I'd be on so many drugs I couldn't name them all. But I'm not. Because this isn't mine, it's his. And I don't stand to account before you. I'm here to serve you and I'm called to serve you. And I have, and I, there's an accountability structure here at Life Church that I'm, I'm, I'm accountable. There, there's, there's a, I can be fired. There, there's the, the, the elder board can fire me just at will. I'm here to serve you, but I'm not here to please you. I'm here to please him. You're there to serve that company, but you're not there to please them. You're there to please him. And when you get that, all of a sudden the structure totally changes and you begin to realize God's in control. So, if this company shuts down, he'll open another door. I know that's much easier said than done, but he'll do it. Why? Because he's God. And he'll take care of me because I'm doing this as unto him. And ultimately, it will be rewarded. He says also, keep your heart right. Keep your heart right. It's your motives, it's your attitude. If you cannot respect the person in whom you are working for, Respect the position. And if you cannot respect the position, then find another job. Because it will destroy you from the inside out. And money's just not worth it. I'm telling you, there's a lot of money in this world. That's not the problem. It's my attitude and my heart. And the only person that knows that is God and me. I can fool you, but I can't fool him. And I know there's all kinds of he's a jerk and she's horrible and you don't know who I'm dealing with, and I I get it. Come work at Life Church. Just joking. And some of you go, well, I just want to be work for a Christian company. No, you don't. No, I work for a Christian company. I'm telling you, you don't. Because at least secular people they act that way, but at least you know. That's what's coming at you. Sometimes church people, I've been in I've been this church gig my whole life, man. Sometimes this church thing, it's just like you don't know what's coming and what's happening. And no, 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 no. You keep your heart right. That's your motives. That's you. That's who you are. It's also interesting to me, too, that he tells bosses or masters, not, not the worker, to be kind, to not be threatening or condescending because they're people of power. Not to be nice. Niceness is not a fruit of the Spirit. Niceness, listen, niceness has no conviction. Niceness has no courage. Niceness will fold like a cheap suit. Kindness tells you the truth even when you don't want to hear it. Kindness has conviction. Kindness has character. Kindness has integrity. That's why kindness is a fruit of the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. Love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness. Kindness means that I love you enough to tell you the truth. Kindness means that I'm going to do what's right, even if it costs me. Kindness means that I'm going to be the kind of person I need to be, even if it's not conventionally accepted. Because we live in a hostile world. I'm going to preach a whole other series on this. So I won't preach it today, but let me give you a little taste. (laughs) That we are nice to people on the outside, but we, we just, they're jerks on the inside. And that's who we are. And people give us a reason to do that. I, I, I was, you know, on the past four weeks, I, I got a chance to play, play a round or two of golf. And I was playing golf. And it was at this particular course where you couldn't take a, a, a cart and you had to have a, a caddy. And uh, I'm not good enough to have a caddy. And I was having a really bad game. And it was a tight course anyhow. And uh, this link style course. And, and I'm walking. And, and all of a sudden, this grown man, I mean, I'm 6'1", six, six, 250 pounds, starts cussing. And it looked like he's cussing at me. I'm already irritated. I'm not in Wisconsin, so nobody knows I'm Pastor Aaron. And, and I thought, I'm going to take this nine iron and I'm going to ring his neck. What did you call me? That's what I want to say on the inside. I'm with three other guys and, and this foursome, and then we all had, yeah, everybody had to have a caddy. And, and, and his dispute wasn't with me, it was with another individual, with, with another caddy. It was a, a long story. My responsibility in that moment is not to do what I want to do. See, I don't want to be like Jesus in that moment. Can I just be honest with you? What I want to do is take out my frustrations in that moment. What I want to do is say, are you talking to me? But I, as a Christ follower, will stand before the Lord on how I act. And my responsibility is to be kind. Kindness in that moment is to... I didn't smile, but just to walk away and continue on to to my ball that's over in the deep weeds. That's that's (laughs) kindness in that moment. Do you understand what I'm saying? So you live in work environments and you work in environments where people yell at you and they cuss you and they do all of that. And I'm not telling you to be a doormat, but what I am telling you to do is that we are called to be lights of Christ. Where does light work best? In a dark place. Quit expecting people to be light. They're not. They're dark. They're lost without Jesus, just like you were. But that's where God's called you to that place. Quit expecting people to have taste. We live in a tasteless world. That's why you're called to be the salt of the earth. The only preservation power or factor in your office complex may be you. And Paul says, keep your heart right. Why? Because work matters. It matters because how you live makes a difference. I want you to hear that. How you live makes a difference. Remember that. How you live, not today, but tomorrow at the factory, Tuesday at the office, Thursday with a client. How you live makes a difference. How you live will be measured. How you live will be measured. And because you know that, make adjustments now. Quit making excuses. Quit blaming everybody else. You make adjustments in your own life of what's going to happen. Because you're doing that job. You're building that product. You're selling that product. You're working for that client as unto the Lord. And how you live will be rewarded. He says it right there in verse 8. It will be rewarded. So don't do this unto men. Quit trying to think that all you're doing is to get a paycheck. No, you're doing this unto the Lord. Doing this unto the Lord. What's interesting is, is he says you do this unto your master, unto him, capital H, referring to Lord. Didn't say you're doing this unto God. If you're doing it unto God, everybody's responsible. Because God is over all humanity. But if it's Lord, it's only all over those who are following him and call him Lord that's us I know it stinks it's not always fun it's not always fair fairness ended in the garden you understand that in the garden of Eden fairness is over life is not fair God is not fair he's just that there's a difference you cannot make sense out of everything that happens in this world not till we get to the other side where we understand everything That's why bad things happen to good people. But I don't live my life for the audience of a boss or a company or shareholders. I live my life for the audience of one. And as long as he's happy, as long as seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all these other things will be added unto me. So because of that, Because it's rewarded, because it's measured, because it makes a difference. I need to live well. I don't always. I didn't tell you the time that I yelled back at the guy that yelled at me. That didn't make for good preaching. Amen. You know what I'm saying? I need to lead well. Leading is not easy. Being the pastor of this church is not always easy. Because I have to make decisions that affect people's lives sometimes. And you, as a congregation, don't always have all the information. And I can't share all the information. But I have to do what is right. And ultimately, I will stand before God and give an account for what I do and how I lead. There are many times I'd like to defend myself in my actions, but I don't have that luxury. That's what leadership is about. See, if I put myself in front of this church, I'll stand before God for that. If I put my own interest in front of you, and I'm not saying I'm perfect, I'm far from perfect, I'll stand before God for that. I'll also stand before account for my dad, as long as he's living, God bless him, but I'll stand before the Lord. Every message I preach, every decision I make, But I'll also stand before account before the Lord if I don't make decisions that are right and that are just that people don't always understand. I'll also give an account if I don't dismiss that staff member that needs to be dismissed. And if I don't stop that ministry or I don't make a change here because we're not hitting mission and people are dying and going to hell. And I don't expect everybody to understand that. That's leadership. Pastor told me a long time ago, a senior minister said, if you want to do this gig, son, if you want to be in the ministry, you want to be a pastor, you're going to have to have the heart of a child, which is going to be harder and harder the older that you get. You're going to have to have the mind of a scholar. And you're going to have to have the height of a rhinoceros. Leadership. If you're leading, that's you. Lead well. Get thick skin." Quit trying to defend yourself and everybody else. Just do what you know is right. Let the chips fall where they may. And ultimately, you're going to stand before God and give an account for how you led that company, how you led that division, how you led that team of people. Serve well. Life Church, we should be the best workers that anybody employs in Wisconsin. We should be leading in that area. We should be asked all the time do we have friends, family members, coworkers, people at our church that would be willing and wanting to go and work? We should have corporations and businesses wanting to call us and hire us and, 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 and wanting to set up a booth in the foyer, if you would. We're not doing that. But we, we should be that kind of worker that people just go, the people from that church have such character. And such integrity, and they're such hard workers. They're like they're working for something that's eternal. Because we are. Serve well. And work. Work. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it as unto the Lord. So let me help you with this. You're waiting tables and you don't think it matters? Oh, it matters. God sees. You're working two, three jobs trying to make ends meet, and you don't think anybody cares? God does. Verse 8 says, You'll be rewarded. You're working in, in an environment that's not great, that's not really friendly, and not, God sees. He knows. You're struggling right now with decisions that you're having to make, cuts you're having to make at your company. And people that are going to lose their jobs because you're having to do what's for the greater good. And you know you're going to be misunderstood and misinterpreted and misspoken and misquoted. God knows. Lead well. He's not forgotten you. But what you do matters. So when you get up tomorrow and you do your job, you're not doing it like everybody else. I don't care how insignificant you view it. You're not doing it like it. I don't care if you stock uh, sh- the store's shelves in the third shift. I don't care whether you're, you're making a part that goes onto a motorcycle. I don't care whether you are, are, are in the C-suite of a Fortune 500 company in this city. It does not matter. You do it as unto the Lord. Did you catch the part where he says, And God will judge us with no partiality, both free and slave. It doesn't matter how much money you have or don't have. You're my brother and sister in Christ. And God's not going to judge you on how much, what your degrees are and how much money you made. He's going to judge you on how you worked as unto him. And there's going to be some people when we get to heaven that made a whole lot of money. But they hooked and crooked their way there with slothful, Unscrupulous ways. And then there's going to be some people who work what me, people may view as a menial, easy, uneducated task. And they're going to be rewarded because they did that job as unto the Lord. It matters.